is your life going? Could you use some improvement somewhere? Typically, we could all use a little push, guidance, and transformation. Welcome to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. In this enlightening hour, you'll hear from experts to help you get to that next level. Are you ready to have some fun and get motivated? Here is your host, Dr. Faith Brown. Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for joining uh, Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with me, your host, Dr. Faith. We're so happy to have you guys with us. We'd like to give a special shout out to all of our listeners, both internationally and domestically. Guys, thank you so much for supporting us. You have been wonderful. <laughs> we thank you so much. And as you know, this platform is dedicated to all things relationship. And today we have a very, very special treat for you. You know, heretofore, we have been talking about a lot of our personal relationships. But today we're going to go in a different direction as this show seeks to eradicate all barriers to laughing loudly and loving deeply. And today we're so excited um, because we have this dynamic mother-son team with us today that's going to talk to us about effective communication. You know, I really think they have broken the code uh, around f- effective communication between baby boomer parents and millennial children. So <laughs> for all that we know about that, Um, It seems that they've got this thing down pat. You know, as I was doing the research on this, what we know is that the, the millennial generation is a very, very special generation. They tend to think quite methodically about what they're going to do and how they lean into their lives. And I think they've taken a lot of cues from their baby boom appearance. So we're excited to have with us today, Mrs. Lois Kimbrough and Mr. Corey Lockett. Hey, guys. Uh, Hi. Hey. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, before we nosedive, into this topic, I really want the audience to get to know you guys just a little bit better. I'll start with mom, Mrs. Kimbrough. I understand Mrs. Kimbrough was born in the South, and um, she is a successful entrepreneurial. And as such, when just beginning her entrepreneurial venture, she actually uh, had to learn how to reconcile being a young entrepreneur while, while rearing a millennial child. And at that time, her son was just eight years old. And let me tell you, from his bio, she did a phenomenal job uh, with her son. Um, I understand that he went to one of the more prestigious schools there in the South, attended Northside High School there in uh, Warner Robins, Georgia. And while there, he earned four varsity letters in football and three in golf. Well, how about that for, uh, <laughs> for being uh, multi-talented and gifted? This young man received all region and all country recognition, as well as the Golden Helmet Award and the Leadership Award. And I understand that Mr. Lockett, and um, I'm going to call him Corey if he would permit me to, um, I understand that he left high school and went on to Mercer University, which is one of the uh, top private schools, I understand, in Georgia. He went to Mercer University where he majored business administration. He earned... 4.0 GPA. How about that? 
again, she did an excellent job. He entered the master's program, and during his tenure in the master's program, he also had a GPA of 4.0. Great, great, great job, Mom. (laughs) Um, He also has numerous awards to his credit, uh, starting in 2013 through 2015, from Pioneer Football League Academic uh, Honor Roll to Southern Conference Academic Honor Roll, Southern Conference Academic All-Conference, August 2016 through December 2016, and Mercer University Team Captain from 2013 to 2015. He has been quite active on campus, and um, he's quite the uh, public speaker He's and quite involved in, in, in his community. I understand that he's been the keynote speaker for some local organizations there, Stratford Academy and to the Boys Club of Quell Run, as well as guest reader and participating in the community, uh, the Backpack Ministries, where he serves, seeks to serve underprivileged kids. Guys, how awesome. Great job, Mom, and great job, Corey. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So, Mrs. Kimbrough, let me start with you. Um, I understand growing up in the South, you know, culturally, the, the way this country is divided, you know, we have the North, North, Northeast, South, Midwest, West. Tell me a little bit about what it was like in terms of communicating with your parents, you know, culturally uh, growing up. Well, being from the South, it was always communicating with a yes or a no answer more than an explanation. Okay. An example I would like to point out is I asked for a new dress, anything that I thought I would like to have today. Of okay. course, it would be either yes, okay, we will buy that today, or no, not okay. now. My dad would not <laughs> no, not today. Okay. Or it's not Christmas yet. And therefore, when it was time for me to be a parent and start to take care of my son, I often thought of how I would like to address all the wants in life and try to give him an explanation on when we would purchase those items or when we would not, and not just say no, but why we would not purchase them at this time. Well, let me just ask you, when they did not offer an explanation, how did that make you feel? Well, since that been many years ago, I mm-hmm. can say that I didn't have a negative feeling towards that. I just thought that was the norm and just accepted that. Yes. I uh-huh. didn't, didn't feel saddened by it except for the fact that, well, I won't be able to get it. And that was <laughs> it. I didn't feel as though it would ever be an opportunity for me to get it that item later. Right, right. And that's what I wanted to change mainly with my son was to explain, no, we're not going to get it today, but if you work hard and things happen, there are other opportunities that can present itself and allow me to get it to you, give it, give it to you at another time. Okay, so let me ask you. So that was your experience with your parents. So, Corey, let me just ask you, when when you came along, were, did you have a relationship with your grandparents, with Mrs. Kimbrough's parents? Yes, ma'am, I did. I had a very strong relationship and still do with my grandparents now. And it was, um, and it was almost kind of the, really wasn't the same thing as kind of my mom 
and she and she was talking about a, uh, just a yes and a, and a no answer. When I stayed out to my grandma's and my uh, grandpa's house during the summer, you know, it was always a yes most of the time, ninety five percent of the time. <laughs> so you know, I, I really I rarely got no's, but um, it was something you know. I just enjoyed being out there, not only because they always said yes, but they were so loving. You know, it was something yes. that, that I enjoyed being out there. It was a vacation for me. You know, it, was, it, it wasn't too far of a drive, and it was a place where I didn't want to go home. You know, it's, it's during the summers. I, I love being out there, and I love being around them. Well, listen to that kind of support. You got to love that. That's fantastic. So let me, but let me ask you this. So when you got the yes or the no, whichever it was was uh, it was at the time. Much to what your mom is saying is when she got yes or when she got no, there was no accommodating explanation. So when you ask your grandparents for something, did they still respond to you the same way? Did they just say yes without an explanation or no without an explanation? Although you may have gotten you know, the yes and whatever your request was, did you have an explanation to go with either one of those responses? Yes, ma'am. It was very similar. You know, it was the yeses and, and both the noes didn't come with much of an explanation. <laughs> okay. And, and it was something, you know, I just I, I just understood, you know, it wasn't anything that I had any, you know, negative connotation towards or, you know, upset about. It was just something I, I understood because I knew, you know, it was just, you know, their decision was the best decision. So I, I understood okay. that and, and it just became a norm for me to, to understand, you know, when my grandparents said yes, it was a yes when my grandparents said no. It was a no. Well, you bring up something very, very interesting that I'm hoping that we can get into uh, just a little bit more before we go to break. And that is, you said, when they said yes, it was in your best interest. When they said no, it was in your best interest. So, you know, it didn't bring a negative connotation. Why do you think that is the case? Did you feel supported by them? Is that why you were able to accept no and know that it was in your best interest? Oh, yes, ma'am. I, I felt supported, you know, throughout my entire life by my, you know, from my grandparents. And I knew whatever decision they they made for me would be in my best interest because I, I knew they always had my back and they would never, you know, put me in a situation that wasn't best for me because that's the type of love that they showed towards me. Oh, wow. That's wow. Something, you know, that I'm extremely grateful for. And you know what? That's extremely rare. You know, we have, we're very fortunate when we're able to nurture great relationships with extended family. It is really interesting when you can look around at uh, your at peers today and see when where there where there is absence. You find the absence of that trust factor or that support factor. So the fact that you could just accept a no in twenty. Uh, 13, 14, and 15, and know that your grandparents, whatever their response was, was in your best interest is huge. Very. I would like to interject one um, statement that pertains to his security with his grandparents. Please go ahead. And I think this would kind of speak a volume to how he really, truly absorbed every word that grandma and granddad had stated. So on one Sunday, we were traveling back from church, and that particular Sunday, his grandmother was the speaker. Okay. And so she had spoke about, at that time, how we would continue to trust God and know that he is still going to take care of 
of us, as always, whether we were in a recession, in which we were at that time, or if we are not in a recession, we should always remember he's going to be the same God today and forever. So as we got in the car to come home, Corey asked me if we could go by the mall. Okay. And, of course, knowing that, I always say yes or no, and with an explanation, I gave my explanation that, now, Corey, no, I don't think we're going to go by the mall today and get that shirt you've been asking for because we really need to save a little bit, and with the recession, you never know how things might be later. Uh-huh. Of course, he related the message back to me that his grandmother had spoke about earlier. He <laughs> said that in God there is no recession. <laughs> well, how and that, that meant he should get the shirt that he wanted from the mall. And, you know, after I thought about it, I continued to drive, and finally as we got closer to the mall, I stopped by to let him get his shirt. How about that? What a wonderful, wonderful story, a beautiful story of trust, beautiful story of support, a beautiful story of listening, actually, and being able to take in information for what it is and take it into one's heart. You know, we're about to break for commercial, but I'd like to thank you guys so much to our listening audience. You are listening to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith and our guest, Mrs. Mary Lois Kimbrough and Mr. Corey E. Lockett. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you want to start living and not merely existing? Meet with Dr. Faith and learn to start laughing loudly and loving deeply right now. Gain insight. Resolve past debris. It's real answers to real problems. Call Dr. Faith at 212-729-5653 to find out more or visit drfaithbrown.com to schedule your free consultation. You'll find your first meeting to be a game changer. Mention you heard this on Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith and receive 10% off your first service. Call 212-729-5653 or visit Dr. Faith at drfaithbrown.com. Collaboration is the new black. From intimate relationships to boardrooms, from ivory towers to hospitals and political roundtables, the art of collaboration seals the deal. Dr. Faith invites you to meet with her to get the blueprint to synergistic collaboration. Collaboration delivers innovative solutions, making the impossible possible and the undeliverable deliverable, all while reducing stress and increasing revenue. Visit Dr. Faith at drfaithbrown.com to learn more and to schedule your game-changing meeting today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. To reach the show today, feel free to send an email to askdrfaith1 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's askdrfaith1 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Faith Brown. 
Welcome back, everyone. You've been listening to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith and to the wonderful sounds of Miss Angela Christie. You know, I often get so many wonderful compliments about the score for this show. If you will, go to her website, go to Amazon.com, look up Angela Christie, and, you know, she just has a library of wonderful, wonderful recordings, wonderful uh, CDs. You guys, take a look. Go get the albums <laughs> because they're absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for your support of this show. As you know, this show is dedicated to all things relationships, and we're so excited to have a mother-son team with us today, Mrs. Mary Lois Kimbro and her son, Mr. Corey Lockett, who've agreed to share with us uh, their secrets for developing effective communication between a baby boomer parent and a millennial child. And I'm sure many of you out there are uh, wondering the same thing, trying to crack the codes as well. But they have a couple of secrets that they have cultivated over the years that they're going to share with you. And we were just in the midst of that conversation. So I actually want to start with Miss Kimbra with one other question uh, for her. Uh, she mentioned to us that she was reared in the South. And of course, uh, culturally, that has an overlay in terms of how she may or may not lean into rearing her son when he came along. But at the time when he was just eight years old, she began an, an entrepreneurial journey. So I'd like to ask you, Mrs. Kimbro, how did you reconcile being a young entrepreneurial at the time? while raising a young son? Well, when I started my career, Corey was about eight years old, mm-hmm. and I basically scheduled my entire weeks, of course, then months out based on getting Corey through school, also uh, making special uh, time for those activities centered around school and making sure that he knew that his mother was going to be present at all times when, when possible, and especially for those times such as field day and award days at the school. Okay. Now, often when I would schedule those times, it would require some sacrificing from the entrepreneurial side. And what okay. I mean by that is, I would go into the office after dropping him off at school and just work my schedule up until time for him to be for school dismissal, basically. Okay. Uh-huh. And at school dismissal is when I, often I would take uh, extra 30 minutes maybe and just have my lunch and also uh, get something for Corey to eat after school. Because often he would have to come back to the office with his mom and do his homework and pretty much, you know, watch videos and kind of be entertained while I finish up my appointments for the afternoon. Okay. Okay. And so really, as my career continued to grow, one thing I did notice is that Corey no longer required his mom to pick him up right after school because, of course, he was having activities that that caused him to have to stay at school, being very active in leadership roles and in different clubs at school and also football, I had a little bit more wiggle room to okay. work until it was time for him to get out of school. Okay. So okay. When that happened, that definitely gave me a little bit more time on my plate to build my career. But at all times I love my career 
love the opportunity that I was afforded to build my own business. However, I take a lot of pride in knowing that I was able to be present and engaged in activities with my son. Okay, so can you just expound a little bit more on that? Because I think you touched on a lot of important points there. One of them sound as if being present is important and sounds like being present means either uh, in person attending, you know, various extracurricular activities or being present in his life, as well as seems as if you taught him consciously or unconsciously to roll with you. Whatever the schedule was, was going to be the schedule. You put all of the to-dos on the list and you guys were checking them off. And in that, he developed to uh, developed a sense of independence around and security and knowing we're going to roll with this. We're going to check off this list. But also, he perhaps was developed a little independence about himself. Will you just elaborate a little bit more about that? Oh, sure. Yes, that's exactly what was happening. As I uh, stated earlier, I always tried to explain what our next step would be or next task, mama has to go take care of this, or I have this client to take care of, but after I finish this appointment, we will go over and pick up all the supplies for your project that might be due the next day or the next couple of days. So what that taught Corey was that we had priorities prior to, like, getting down to the very end of our day each day. There are things we had to check off and take care of, but no matter what happened, at the end of the day, I never had a problem uh, with Corey saying, Mom, I didn't get my homework. I didn't get to complete this project. I didn't do this. Because he actually saw it written on my paper as part of the priorities for the day. It had okay. not only my priorities on it, but it had things I had to do with my son as well. <laughs> I see. I see. Corey, uh, so do he, you, do, and that was a little bit of that trust factor. Yes. He knew yes. that he would actually get an opportunity. So he spent a lot of time sometimes independently writing down, and he would write down what he needed for his project, uh, where he would like to go and, and look for those items. And when we got to the store, of course, he would... Just take it from there and say, this is what we have to do. Now, we might get home, and now it's around 7.30 in the afternoon, but we are up then until about 9.30 or um, sometimes even 10 o'clock working on the project. We might have to spray paint. We might have to take all the glue and try to figure <laughs> out which glue is the strongest to hold the pieces together. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Another uh-huh. day, he, he was always happy with his project and having decided how he would like to put it together. So, Corey, let me ask you. So just because you were in your mom's presence, you were rolling with her all the time. She'd pick you up from school. You guys would go to her office or wherever she needed to be to get jobs done. Um, Everything according to the priority list, right? So Mm -hmm. let me just ask you, while you were in the presence of your mom, did you actually sense her nature in terms of being present with you? Did you feel like she was still, even if she was on the phone with a client or she was involved in processing information that you still had access to her if you needed her. Did you feel her being very present with you? Oh, yes, ma'am. Of course I did. You know, 
every every time, you know, that we were together at school and you know, I was I was at her office and she was working and at any time I needed her she would drop whatever she was doing and, and talk to me. If I had a question about homework or I had to ask her about what do you think is best for the project, you know, she'll she'll put the person on hold and she'll talk to me. Wow. And that's how I knew then that, you know, I had someone that had my back, you know, that loved wow. me so much that they'll stop whatever they were doing and, and just help me, you know. And, wow. that's, and that's something that I believe is, you know, just truly amazing because a lot of people, I'm, I'm so grateful to have a mother that that to um, that, that actually, you know, to, to take time with me out of her day and anything that, that she was doing. To, to, you know, just to make sure everything that I had was completed and everything that I needed, you know, that I had. And a lot of people can't say that. So, you know, that's one thing that I'm always going to be thankful for. So would you say that her being present like that, and, you know, we just have a couple more minutes before we break to commercial, but would you say that because she was present, you felt like you had access to her at any time, that that helped you to develop not only a sense of security, but also perhaps a sense of independence that you could ebb and flow as you needed to, but when you needed intervention or you needed her help, that you had access to her help as well. So both security as well as independence? Oh, yes, definitely, especially independence because I, 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 I've always thought that for one thing in life, um, you're not going to succeed at everything, but if you have someone that has your back that, that you can trust on, that when you go for things and you might fail, they'll always be there to catch you. And I've always wow. thought that about my mother, and um, it kind of helped my independence for things that I wanted to do, you know, in life yes. and when I was young, and I knew I could do it because she would help me and if I did fail, fall or fail you know she'll be right there to pick me back up and I can go again. Well that's fantastic because that's a very very important lesson. A lot of people don't know that they can actually not hit the mark and start again. That's huge and I'd like to pick up with that um, as we break to commercial because we understand that a couple of the hallmarks of millennial thinking is independent thinking. And to baby boomer parents, that can both be an asset as well as a nightmare. So we will talk about that when we get back. Thank you guys so much. You're listening to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you want to start living and not merely existing? Meet with Dr. Faith and learn to start laughing loudly and loving deeply right now. Gain insight. Resolve past debris. It's real answers to real problems. Call Dr. Faith at 212-729-5653 to find out more or visit drfaithbrown.com to schedule your free consultation. You'll find your first meeting to be a game changer. Mention you heard this on Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith and receive 10% off your first service. Call 212-729-5653 or visit Dr. Faith at drfaithbrown.com. Collaboration is the new black. 
From intimate relationships to boardrooms, from ivory towers to hospitals and political roundtables, the art of collaboration seals the deal. Dr. Faith invites you to meet with her to get the blueprint to synergistic collaboration. Collaboration delivers innovative solutions, making the impossible possible and the undeliverable deliverable, all while reducing stress and increasing revenue. Visit Dr. Faith at drfaithbrown.com to learn more and to schedule your game-changing meeting today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. To reach the show today, feel free to send an email to askdrfaith1 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's askdrfaith1 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Faith Brown. Thank you so much for joining us. You're listening to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. We're so excited to have a mother-son team with us today, just kind of uh, going through their journey uh, from as baby through the lenses of baby boomer parents and millennial child. So it seems as if they've kind of broken the code with this. You know, this has been the talk of a mini a table conversation, dinner time conversation about uh, baby boomer parents not necessarily understanding the thinking of their millennial child. Um, In a lot of ways, from some of the research, it seems that independence or being an independent thinker, independently minded, is kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, But many of them have taken their cues from their parents. So we'd just like to dwell just a little bit into that and ask uh, Mrs. Kimbrough if during the time that she was rearing uh, her millennial son, if she was aware of the independence that she was actually creating or developing in him? (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, that is a good question. Initially, you know, just like all moms, we say, oh, our kids are learning to walk, they're learning to talk, they're learning to eat on their own. They're doing everything totally independently, just as they're continuing to develop in life. However, for me, watching Corey develop and watching him respond to things that I thought he should do, even as it relates to his schoolwork, um, me putting in my ideas, he would listen, but because I taught him to be independent in thinking about how he would uh give the information out at school or how he would present it, you know, when it's time for him to do his project. He really put a lot of independent thinking in. And therefore, I noticed that no matter how much I interjected, he was always very manageable, would take time to listen to his mom. But at all times, not sometimes, all times, and he still (laughs) does this today, he will think on it and come back and tell me why he's not going to actually, you know, do it the way I basically have stated it should be done, but how he feels it would be better served or better presented, whatever he's working on, if he can do it his way. And that was when I learned, when he was doing that really in elementary school, I learned that he was an independent thinker and I would just observe and watch him develop in that area. 
And once I realized that, I started to also use that as a tool for me to get him to get involved in other things and be a little bit more, uh, I, I would just say get a, be, have more challenges in life or have more challenges in his studies in school. But it, it was almost like reverse psychology, trying to make sure that he would think independently about his subject matters uh, when he was writing his essays. And always remember, it has to be information that he truly have knowledge of and can go out and get additional information on. And once that was pretty much embedded, he was always doing things independently. Well, it sounds like he took a a page from your playbook in that you would then give him, whenever you would say yes or no to him, you would give it with explanation. So whenever you would perhaps provide guidance to him and he was thinking, you know, a little differently than you had in mind, that he would go away and think and then provide you with an explanation. So sounds like you took <laughs> a page from your playbook to do exactly yes, what you would do. Absolutely. He's still doing that today. <laughs> and so for still what advice, <laughs> so what advice then would you have for parents who, uh, you know, would have some helicopter parents out there who would typically like to uh, manage you know, every decision along the way, or, you know, there are those parents who uh, would want, by virtue of experience, of course, want their child to accept their advice. So they have a tough time just letting go and letting the child make independent decisions. What advice would you have for parents out there to trust that process, to trust that what they've taught them early on in terms of decision-making, whether it was making a decision between yogurt and banana or, you know, cold cereal or hot cereal, that they can trust that process, trust that child to make a, a good decision. And even if it's not a good decision, that it will be a, ultimately a decision that the child can learn from. Well, now that's a very good question. And I would like to have Corey help me with this question simply because he and I often talk about this, and we think of it as a team. He says when he was growing up, I would say you got to give your child an opportunity to demonstrate to you that he or she can do whatever is needed. So he illustrates it in a team concept as though the parents are, we all on the court together, or we're on the field together. It doesn't matter which game we're playing. Yeah, but because he's a, he's your we, football player, right? He's a football <laughs> player, right. <laughs> exactly. So he says he felt like we were supporting him. But, you know, we are really, you know, we we are definitely surrounding him and blocking all the, uh, blocking the guys. But at the same time, we are opening up some space. And once we open up the space, Corey, what do you think happens? <laughs> yeah, once you, once you open up the space and, and throw the opportunity, you know, it, it's, it's my, it's, then it's my chance to, to catch it, you know. And I trust that y'all are going to throw the opportunity to me. And that's one thing that I feel like, you know, the relationship between me and my mom is that we've always been a team. No matter what, we've, we've always been a team in any type of situation because I trusted that she was going to give me a chance. She was going to give me an opportunity wow. And I was going to accept that. I was going to catch that. She was going to block everything out that she might have had to do or 
something that I might have been going through or, you know, anything yes. in life that we might have been going through together. But she was going to block that out and she was going to give me an opportunity, a chance to do something that, you know, that I wanted to do. And, um, you know, that's something that, that she's always done and we've always been a team. Wow, that is pretty incredible that you learn to trust one another in that process. And I gather that started early on from the time that he had to just roll as you guys were rolling. You trusted that he was going to uh, be well behaved and do his homework. Yeah. And and he trusted that you were going to provide and get whatever he needed at the time. But you, all, all the time you were cultivating this wonderful, rich relationship that involved being present, that involved trusting, that involved nurturing independence in one or the other. That's pretty significant. So would you say that those are some of the keys or uh part of the code for effective communication between baby boomer parents and millennial children? Yes, definitely giving your child an opportunity to demonstrate their ability and trusting whatever they show you is their thought process. Don't try to change it. Allow them to give you what they have to offer because so often, as Corey stated earlier, in the team role, I learned myself from my son that, you know, it takes a team sometimes to get things accomplished. But at some point, the pressure is on one person, whoever has the ball. Okay. And that's where you see exactly what their capabilities are. Okay. Okay. Uh And so... And, and it sounds like since you have learned to trust him, he trusts himself, he trusts his own judgment, and we're about to go to another break in just a few minutes, but Corey, I wonder if you might weigh in on this. Since you've learned to trust your judgment, of course, that was nurtured early on by your mom allowing you to make uh, small decisions, building up to mm-hmm. even larger and more important decisions, how has that uh, played a role or how has that played out now in your adult life as it relates to uh, your work-related relationships? Do you find that baby boomer employees or peers in the workplace tend to respect and trust you as much or is that a challenge? Uh, no, ma'am. I, I, I feel the same way. You know, uh, baby boomer you know, employees that I've had the opportunity to work with that have the same type of, um, you know, same type of mindset that, that my mom has and, and meaning that they, um, you know, they trust, they trust very strong. They trust hard, you know, there's something that okay. they do. And once you gain their trust, you can, um, you know, you can go, you know, for further feats as a team. They, and, um, and that's something that I, you know, I had to learn too, because I didn't think that, you know, working with someone that was older than me, I didn't think it would be, you know, as as good as it is. And and that's okay. one thing that I had to, to get used to because it's exactly, not exactly the same as my mom, but I still have that same trust factor within the workforce and knowing that if I, being a, you know, being a, a young person, a young, a young man, that if I mess up on something in the in in the workplace and I trust that they will understand that and they will have my back at the end of the day. So wow. I feel like it's the same type of concept. Wow. That's really, really important. Thank you. That is such an awesome, awesome thing to express because we have examples of the opposite where it has been very challenging for uh, one group to actually collaborate with the other group. So the fact that you've learned from your mom how to trust, 
how to trust the process helps you to overcome any challenges in the workplace that may present themselves. Thank you so much. And when we return from our break, I'd just like to get a little bit more into specific elements of this effective communication between millennials and baby boomers. We want, this is the show where we get real answers to real questions. And we just like to make sure that we just go down that laundry list so that we get it for all the parents out there who want equally successful relationships with their millennial children that we're able to provide that. Guys, hang in there with us. You're listening to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith and my guest, Mrs. Mary Kimbrough and her son, Corey Lockett. Stay with us. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you want to start living and not merely existing? Meet with Dr. Faith and learn to start laughing loudly and loving deeply right now. Gain insight. Resolve past debris. It's real answers to real problems. Call Dr. Faith at 212-729-5653 to find out more or visit drfaithbrown.com to schedule your free consultation. You'll find your first meeting to be a game changer. Mention you heard this on Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith and receive 10% off your first service. Call 212-729-5653 or visit Dr. Faith at drfaithbrown.com. Collaboration is the new black. From intimate relationships to boardrooms, from ivory towers to hospitals and political roundtables, the art of collaboration seals the deal. Dr. Faith invites you to meet with her to get the blueprint to synergistic collaboration. Collaboration delivers innovative solutions, making the impossible possible and the undeliverable deliverable, all while reducing stress and increasing revenue. Visit Dr. Faith at drfaithbrown.com to learn more and to schedule your game-changing meeting today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. To reach the show today, feel free to send an email to askdrfaith1 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's askdrfaith1 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Faith Brown. Welcome back, everyone. You've been listening to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith, and we've had some wonderful, wonderful guests with us today, Mrs. Mary Lois Kimbrough and our son, Corey Lockett, as they talk about what it takes to have effective communication between baby boomer parents and the millennial generation. So before we go any further, we would be remiss if we did not just explicitly state what those elements are, because this is the show where we eradicate all barriers to laughing loudly and loving deeply. So, Mrs. Kimbra, will you just give us, will you name for us uh, just what you think are the important elements for effective communication between a baby boomer parent and a millennial child? I think the effective communication is always demonstrated when we are present as parents and we engage each and every day with our children. Okay. And by engaging, that means that if it's outdoor activities, indoor activities, no matter what it is, involve your children in the activity, and that definitely helps them to build 
their confidence in that they can do what they see their mom or their dad is doing. Okay. And that helped to develop the communications between my son and I. And as we were stating earlier, as you go through life and you have to allow them to now show you that they have taken good notes and that they can do it independently, we watch them develop not only through school, but, of course, one of the major uh, demonstrations is when they're learning to drive. We have to trust (laughs) that they are able to demonstrate and not only show us that they understand the rules in the in the book, in the, in, the, in the driver's manual, but also that they remember the rules about the friends and about how to conduct themselves when they're not with their parents. So gotcha. that's one of the first lines there. And then, of course, sometimes, just like all kids are going to be kids, there are times when they would think, well, mom's not looking. And just by chance, she comes by and she passes a car that looks like it's the car that her son drives. So what do you think? Well, my son has said he had no way to get home, and he actually had to take his little friend home that day. But one thing I can rest assure back to explanation. His explanation would be he would never leave anyone stranded. No matter Never what. leave anyone stranded. What a great yeah. lesson. What a great uh-huh. lesson. So it sounds like you're and, saying being present, being engaged, uh-huh. learning to uh-huh. trust, learning to trust, and providing explanation are four keys. Exactly. Are four major That's, keys. Those are effective. the major keys to okay. effective communicating with your millennial children. Okay, and, 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 and Corey, if you could give your millennial peers a one piece of advice about communicating effectively with their parents, what would that be? What would you encourage them to do in terms of providing a, a great safe place uh, for communication to take place between the two of them? Uh, one word I would like to, <clears throat> like to use would be um, understanding. Having uh, a, a, a under a understand a understanding with your parents of you know everything that you do you know or they say you might not agree with, and I can say that you know knowing that you know everything that my mom has told me to do, and there's probably any kid in the world you know that I didn't agree with everything that she had to say you know or okay. wanted me to do, and me being a millennial you know I I think as I think as if I want to get something done, I'm going to do it. If I have my mind set towards this goal, I'm going to get to it, and I'm going to go on this path. It might be 50 different paths to get there, and my mom might tell me to go this path instead of my path. And But the thing is, I have to understand that she's been there before. She she mm-hmm. has experience. I have to trust that she, she knows how to get there. But then there has to be also a, a understanding factor um from the parents as well, they have to understand that their their child is is trying to explore, you know, trying to explore different avenues on how to get to the same goal that their parents, you know, want them to get to. Every every there's always different paths to a, a single goal. That's one thing that I believe everyone has to understand between mm-hmm. baby boomers and millennial children. And uh, wow. I think that's 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 huge. You know, just 
understanding. It's, it's, it is, seems like it can be just so minute, so small, but it means so much in the long run. Wow. Wow. That is huge. Understanding. I think all of us can take a, a lesson from that, trying to gain an understanding, gain empathy for one another's perspective. So neither is right nor wrong. It's just that there are different ways to get there. And once we uh, seek to understand what the one or the other is saying, then uh, we have a better chance of success. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, completely. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Thank you so much. I think uh, our listening audience have a great formula to forging great relationships between baby boomer parents and millennial children. And so we are like very close to ending the show. But Mr. Lockett, you have done such an outstanding job. Let me ask you one last question in a nutshell. If you could tell me if you could wave a magic wand right now in the next 30 seconds to do absolutely anything professionally you'd like to do, what would it be? It would be coaching college football. And um, <laughs> I believe that I'm prepared for that because, you know, it's something that I believe I have a calling for. You know, it's something wow. that I believe I have the, the motivation for, I have the passion for, and I and I would love just to, to mold and kind of just help, you know, uh, student athletes become better citizens, you know, in, in, in the classroom, on the field, when they leave college, because it matters so much, you know, and, and a lot of times in the news today, you see athletes on the news for the wrong reasons. And I feel yes. like it's, it, it's the, it, sometimes it falls on the coaches to, to, you know, to have some sort of, you know, be a role model towards those student athletes. And I feel like that starts, that's number one. And number two is then coaching them the techniques of football. But number one is molding those student athletes into better leaders, and better people of the society we live in today. Oh, wow. Wow, that is huge. And what a wonderful, wonderful calling to have. And just in uh, a simple yes or no, are you prepared today, given the right offer, are you prepared today to walk into that job? Yes, I believe I am prepared. I've um, <laughs> I've done the I've done the work, you know, um, over the spring at my uh, alma mater at Mercer University. I've done the work. I I understand, you know, different aspects of the game that I didn't understand when I was playing. I don't know everything that I should know, but if I'm put in the right situation around great minds and coaches, I know that I can learn from them and become a great coach, just like they are. Fantastic. Mom, I think you did an excellent job with this millennial. He is very grounded and he's cultivated a wonderful work ethic. Thank you guys so much. I think everyone had something to learn today and uh, you guys have provided a wonderful gift in providing us the formula needed to uh, get on the road to effective communications between baby boomer parents and millennial children. Thank you guys so much for listening. You are listening to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. We can't wait for you to join us next Tuesday at the same time, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much, you guys. Have a great day. We love you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith can be heard live every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Dr. Faith Brown hopes to speak to you again next week. And remember to always make time to laugh and love.